Welcome to False Bottom Girls, a podcast about the wonderful yet sometimes confusing world of beer and brewing. Hi, I'm Rachel Hudson, owner of Pilot Brewing and an Advanced Cicerone. Hi, I'm Jen Blair, sensory expert, home brewer, and Advanced Cicerone. Rachel, what is podcast? We, we haven't recorded in so long. I need some mushrooms for this conversation. <laughs> what is a podcast anyways? What is podcast? Yeah. Sorry about that, everyone. We've, we've been a little busy. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, we've, I, we've, we've had we've, content. Yeah. yeah. We've had, yeah. Not They're sorry. Fine. They're fine. <laughs> I like don't know what goes on. I'm like, yeah, living in this world right. day by day. Yes. We, we front loaded a few episodes we so. did because we had a busy nobody's nobody's missed anything we just haven't done a podcast recording in like six weeks maybe yeah, it's, it seems weird yeah <laughs> we were busy though i, I had think i still yeah that's true i think i still had wisdom teeth the last time you recorded and now i right it's so long ago <laughs> i will never unsee the picture of your wisdom teeth <laughs> Side note, everyone, welcome to our <laughs> podcast. But Jen got her wisdom teeth taken out and they let her keep them. <laughs> because well, I asked. Because she asked one. They weren't like, hey, here's your teeth right. in a box, which it's still weird. But she asked and they and she showed me she has them. Where are they now? Yeah, um, actually I threw them away. Like oh. once I got the pictures and I grossed everybody out with them, I, I was yeah. like, well, I probably don't need to have loose teeth. in Maybe my you house. could like send them to a jeweler and they could have like grinded it down and turned it into some, some teeth jewelry for you. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> and then you could have taken it to the CBC. You're like, ah, my teeth on my wrist. <laughs> You're like, what? My, Jen? my wrist teeth. <laughs> Jen has hit the breaking point. She is wearing her teeth <laughs> on her wrist. Yes. But no, that didn't happen. She just threw them away. But right. yeah, so my, my wisdom teeth are medical marvels. I will just say they're not regular looking wisdom. True. Teeth. That's why I asked to keep them. Well, now you have to tell everyone why. Oh, well, I was just thinking I'll just make that the picture for the episode. Oh, <laughs> good way to lose all of our followers. Right. Like this podcast isn't what I thought it was. Right. <laughs> when young Jen was young, she had terrible skin and I took tetracycline which was a prescription acne medication because that's how bad my skin was. And what normally happens when you take tetracycline is that it can discolor your teeth and it will usually like discolor your teeth. Like, like at a, the root. Yeah. Like rings yeah. of a tree where like you can it, see where yeah. you started taking it because as your teeth uh, grow, like, like you can have like, a, you know, like you'll yeah. have a line of discoloration. Yeah. So I apparently started taking it after I lost all of my baby teeth, but before my wisdom teeth came in. So all of my permanent adult teeth came in just fine. But when my wisdom teeth came in, when I was like 22, they were like purple, black, like completely from oh, the tetracycline. Man. And I am a medical marvel. I'm not anymore. Uh, but like <laughs> every time I had to go to the dentist, I was like, yeah, yeah, bad skin, like tetracycline. Because everybody's like, have you seen your wisdom teeth? I'm like, yep, I know. I'm How aware. did you figure that out, that it was from your acne medicine? Uh, because one, I, I was talking to a dentist because, like, when my wisdom teeth came in, I was just like, what? <laughs> what is <laughs> happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, and uh. like, Yeah, I went to the dentist, and he was like, oh, did you have bad skin as a kid? And I was just like, none of your business. 
You're like, it's regular. It's regular. But yeah, he was like, oh, yeah, this is from tetracycline. And my my most recent dentist, the one who took them out, was like, what's the deal with your wisdom teeth? (laughs) I said, well, it was like some acne medication, but I don't remember what it is. He was like, oh, tetracycline. And he's like, I've never seen it like this before, but that's what, yeah, that's what it is. Um, So I'm no longer a medical marvel, but I did ask to keep my teeth. And the one, the uh, assistant was like, we don't normally let people do that. And I was like, that's fine. Because I was like, well, you haven't seen my wisdom too. You're not going to fight. You're like, I'm not going to argue with you about it. <laughs> right, right. Because I had already, I already argued with her. So um, then when I like got in the car, I like, I'm looking through the little bag they give me. And I, you know, I was under. So I then also had like all the, the gauze in my mouth. And I was like, hey, <laughs> they put it like in a little envelope for me. So I had my mouth like stuffed with cotton. And I was like, <laughs> I, I, was like hey. I love how it was a surprise for you. <laughs> it like, was. Oh, let's make her day. Send her home with right. her tea. <laughs> well, and then of course, like I promptly forgot about it. And then like <laughs> later on when I was a little more lucid, I was like, hell yeah. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't dream that they let me keep <laughs> and just for you know <laughs> clarification i did ask to see them i could yes. not help myself yes. like i i didn't i didn't like surprise she, anybody with yeah. pictures of them. <laughs> i was like i need to see this and then i <laughs> was like i immediately was like i don't need to see this i don't need to see this. <laughs> yeah i i made sure that everybody had like full consent before i sent the pictures <laughs> yeah them but I don't have them anymore and it's been so long since we've recorded that I'm now if it seems like I'm different is because I'm I'm four teeth lighter yeah <laughs> <laughs> getting your with them teeth taken out as adult it's no fucking joke at least for me I hated it yeah. but mine wasn't it, too bad that's good yeah because mine good. were just since they they all grew in perfectly fine they just pulled them so they yeah, didn't that's... have to like do anything just like, <sighs> I don't even get the pliers and get the leg up on the chair I just remember feeling really big holes back there and just being like oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was like yeah and actually I do remember Rachel when you had your wisdom teeth taken out because your husband filmed you um, yeah. in the car and sent it to me afterward <laughs> yeah I was pretty fine I mean I yeah. think I was fine yeah you were pretty okay I, di- I didn't go home pass out I was just at home it's just like is this what it's going to be like for the next seven days? <laughs> it was awful. Anyways, that is not at all what we're here to talk to yeah, you guys I have award-winning teeth. I have award-winning beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we're False Bottom Girls. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, that was a great intro. People, yeah. if you are still listening, you are our heroes. You are our podcast <laughs> heroes. We couldn't do this without you. Yeah, if you're still listening, you know, you know, we get there eventually. <laughs> or sometimes not. You tell your friends, just go 10 minutes into the episode if you want to skip the teeth part. <laughs> but so, yes, like Rachel said, we're not here to talk about wisdom teeth. No, we're, we're here, here to talk here. about World Beer Cup. And this year there were two firsts. It was the first year I judged World Beer Cup. So cool. And early, first- too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those for those of you that do not know, you don't get to just you have to be. There's a process to being a judge at World Beer Cup, as there should be. But for Americans, because it's not the same process for judges from all of the countries, 
different countries. But for Americans, you have to be a GABF judge for a couple of years. And I was under the impression it was five years. I think we all were. Mm-hmm. And then Jen got an inv- invitation for this year. She's And you've done GABF three years, right? Mm-hmm. Three is the new five. Yeah. Yeah. I was, oh. I was super excited about that because, yeah, I wasn't expecting it for a couple of years. So that was a yeah. cool email to get. And I went out to the BA warehouse in Louisville. So for me, World Bear Cup judging was exactly like JABF judging I've done for the past yeah. three years and national homebrew competition. Like I stayed in the same weird ass hotel that is slightly dangerous. I don't know. <laughs> There's always something weird happening there. And like the doors that say that they're locked 24 hours are never locked. Uh, my window was unlocked when I got there. Like, Ugh. And I was on the ground floor facing the back parking lot. Obviously, some murderer somewhere was like, this is my chance. <laughs> set it all up perfectly. Um, but yeah, so it was a, a very similar to GABF judging where you're sitting at a table with five to six people. You do, you know, three flights in the morning and three flights in the afternoon. I got to do a couple of medal rounds. And I will also say, because we're going to talk in a moment about the other first for the other one of us with World Beer Cup. When you sign up to be a judge, you have the opportunity or you are asked what, where are their conflicts of interest? So you like, you're not, hopefully you're not going to judge a category where your beer is entered mm-hmm. um, or like who do, what breweries do you have knowledge of their entry? So I always put down pilot because I, I know yeah. what pilot enters. So I very rarely, and I actually, I usually don't even, Rachel tells me, and I usually don't even remember but I just always say like, it's well, there's also a lot of times where, where I'll ask your advice about styles too. Right. So it's like, and I don't need anybody coming at me being like, well, Jen was your judge. And I'm like, no, she wasn't. No. Yeah. I, it's very likely that I wasn't. Because but it doesn't I, matter because the process is so solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, like you said, it's the same as GABF, which I have done. And you, you know, you, you said you're, you're sitting there at a table with like six people. You just like, they kind of split you up in groups of three and you're all getting the same beer and then you're all evaluating it. And then you're talking about it. And you as a group are deciding to push the next beers forward to the next round. And then it happens all over again with a different set of judges. So it is a very fair process. And like one, even if I did know, like my friend at divine barrel, entered an American style, I do not know. First, that wouldn't really be a conflict of interest. Like I wouldn't put that brewery down, but even if it was my stout and a flight of all these stouts, I'm not going to know. Of like 12. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to know. Right. And so like, and that's the other thing, like these first rounds too, you are getting like eight to 12 beers and probably like that even the second round. So Mm -hmm. very fair. There's at least probably six to nine judges that are saying your beer is the best if if it's metal placing or whatever right. the results are. So it's very fair uh, competition. I I really do believe in it. Um, I think a lot of people, I think there are a lot of breweries that don't really brew beer that is good for entering into these categories of competitions. There's mm-hmm. a lot of just like experimentals, this and that. And some people, some breweries just don't. They just like, that's not what we do. And that's correct. If you don't brew to style, then you probably shouldn't waste your money. Right. However, if you do feel like you're making a good beer, don't like go, go enter because there are so many good beers out there that just because you didn't win doesn't mean you're not getting, making a good beer and you do get feedback. 
And, right. And you get to see how far your beer went too, even if it didn't get a medal. Cause you know, they throw at their award ceremony, they call gold, silver, bronze, and like, that's it. Everyone goes home. Right. Right. And there are over t- this year, there were over 10,000 entries mm-hmm. and um, what, like three, probably like 330 or so, like less than 350 medals awarded. Yeah. Um, I got the exact thing. But yeah. So that's, I, when we say this next thing, I just wanted to qualify that I always put down the pilot. I have knowledge of pilots entries and and so that way I'm not judging. Yeah, pilot you didn't. Entries. She didn't judge any categories <laughs> that we entered. Right, right. Um, which also like, man, I really wish, although the like the hazy, juicy IPA and hazy, juicy pale ale category, like everybody has to do it. Everybody has to do it because there's so many entries. Like 400. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it doesn't matter if you have a beer in there or not. It's like every table is going to have at least one of those. And Mm -hmm. usually uh, for like, it will be in like one session in the morning, every single table will have a flight. Like everybody is doing this at the same time. And Everybody's like, starting off with ACIP. Yeah, basically, basically. <laughs> so Get so your there are, warms up. <laughs> yeah, there are some categories that are just so large that yeah. like you probably won't get your beer in yeah. your flight, but like they, you just have to judge it because and also, there's, there's so many. There's like three weeks of judging, like three mm-hmm. separate sessions and not like the same judges. They're like split up between the weeks. So like I imagine something like Hazy IPA, those award winners went through every single week. Like, yeah, I bet they did. Like there were so many that every judge probably had their hand on that category. Right. Yes, <laughs> you're exactly right. And Let's see, there's 103 categories total. Right. And to 10,213 beers. And then if there's 103 categories, two categories were not a win it a medal. Gold, so sometimes right. sometimes the judges can decide that one's a silver, one's a bronze, we don't have a gold or maybe we don't have a silver and they have their reasons for that, but two two like that. So that means, you know, 103 times 3 is 309. So 307 medals. Out of 10,213 beers. And you got one of those. I got one. For an English beer. For our pub ale. I got silver. It was super exciting. That's Um, amazing. It it is amazing. And, you know, when they get up on stage, the director of the Brewers Association, who was calling out the award winners, you know, he made sure to say in the beginning, like, there's a lot of great beer here. If you hear your name called tonight, you should take satisfaction in knowing that you are a world-class brewer and i was like yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then you sit there and you get on the roller coaster of emotion that you're about to (laughs) endure for the next hour and it's the worst it is the worst so we're like i don't know if it's the worst to be you or to sit next to you probably both probably (laughs) awful when i win it's pretty great to be me but that's true yeah but like (laughs) we had a beer in category 10 and we had a beer in category 99 and we were there for the freaking long haul and i swear to god like you get so because like we have won we this is the first time we have won world beer cup but we have won gabf medals we have taken home fifth in the nation at U.S. Open. 
We are there to compete. Right. Our beer is good. It has a high chance, which makes it extra rough because you're just like, there, that. it gets to a point like the first year, you know, bronze gets called and you're like, that's it. I'm done. There's no way I'm getting silver and gold. And like, <laughs> but now you're just like, okay, silver got gold. Yeah. It's not me. But there's still fucking chance. <laughs> and last year, you know, this is World Beer Cup. So this is not GABF where entries are from American states or territories. This is anyone in the world can enter. Is that true for like Anheuser-Busch? Like anyone, like doesn't matter size, doesn't. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like PBR usually wins. Right. So, and the judges are coming from all over the world. So again, these aren't all American judges who are used to tasting Americanized styles of mm -hmm. other country styles, you know? So it's a little rough. Like last year we had a German Hefeweizen. Can you believe how like freaking silly we are going up against the fine stefaner and all that shit but so, listen if you won like i know you... i know that's i know there's this is like we're going to talk about how we decide entries but this is very much part of it you're like well fuck like this is world beer cup am i really going to beat vine stefaner am i you know i don't know beer's tasting good it's fresh i don't have all the beer in the world to send boom so last year we you know walked away with nothing and i was like told myself this year i'm only doing american beers because i'm there to win this is a part <laughs> of part of my strategy you know i want a medal i don't care what it's for i don't care what color it is i just want it and um i i did not stick to that i did end up doing an english beer the esb and i think that is the only non-american style i entered i think so yeah I had a coffee stout, cream ale, spice porter. Yeah. Um, and a fucking one for that one. And only that one. <laughs> so never say never. Don't listen to yourself. Like a lot of what why we pick entries are because we know this is going to be on the fresher side. Mm -hmm. Because there is like a, a period of time where we have to register our beers. They really just want the money. So then you have a couple months to like. You know, you got to pick some styles, but then you can kind of change them up. But there's still like th six weeks before you send the beer. You have to be like, this is exactly what we're sending. Right. So then it's like a game of like, okay, well, I got to make sure I'm brewing, get this on the brew schedule. I want to do this. You know, there's a real advantage for us doing a big batch versus a small batch in the packaging side. So we'd mm -hmm. like to try to get the big batch in there. Um, and, it, you know, there's also, you know, then we have to send the beer by a certain date. Then that beer is going to sit in the warehouse, which is hopefully it's refrigerated the whole way there. Yes. They take care of your beer. Yeah. Yeah. They take care of your beer there. But like even on the way there, like however right. you get it, there's all these factors. And then six weeks after that, they're probably like judging your beer. So mm -hmm. it's like we never enter IPA categories for that reason. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's always uh, so many entries, like 400. Um so for both of those reasons, we never enter anything that's going to break down very easily, like IPAs. But um, yeah, so it's like, you know, you're just kind of what what tastes good? What do we think has a chance? Sometimes we look at categories from the year before to see their entry levels, but everybody does that and then they pick them. And then that next year, it's like double. So it's like, <laughs> right. you can't, it's the game. It's a game um it is there's definitely gamesmanship involved and we would be remiss if we didn't say the thing that everybody says which is like 
competitions like this are a packaging competition first and foremost if i had a it's dollar. all full circle it's all full <laughs> circle of course it is like carbonating your beer is part of it too dude right like <laughs> of course it is you have to if you fuck up your packaging what does that mean does that mean you can only make a world-class beer out of the brewery what good is that right like oh well, i mean being stuff a world-class beer not that if they can't get into the competition for someone to judge <laughs> they don't oh man we're raising all sorts of philosophical points today <laughs> you're not wrong though i mean it's it's packaging competition too so yeah so what fucking package your beer right dude right like, well and that's i know a few years ago with GABF, it was right, I want to say maybe it was like 2018. It was right when crawlers were starting to be a oh, thing yeah. that people had and <laughs> didn't really, yeah, and didn't really understand packaging for that. Like a crawler yep. is totally <laughs> fine if you're going to get something and take it home and drink it within a couple of days. It's not acceptable packaging for going to someplace like World Beer Cup, because like Rachel yeah. said, by the time somebody drinks your beer, even though it's been refrigerated, <laughs> and like and taken care of it's still like at least six weeks old at that point yeah and, and then a crowler is made for yeah yeah so i remember talking to a judge and was like man like the quality of beers this year was just so poor and i think a lot of it was because people were sending things in crowlers so yes the packaging is important and uh, you all used to do a bottle filler right before yeah. you had before you had your canning line yeah. and i've worked at breweries before where i've said like hey if we're entering and we're entering bottles, then we need to invest in like a very nice home brewing bottle filling. Yeah, we have like a, that like we only maybe we only use it for yeah. this, but like that's exactly what we have. It's just yeah. like a Blickman counter pressure bottling gun. Even like the one before that, like our first year wasn't counter pressure, just mm -hmm. filled it and and we won. So it's all about the beer that you make and your packaging. Yes, because. If you don't clean your packaging and you send it there, it's going to be shit. Right. And if, that, if that's your argument, sir, that is a piss poor argument. <laughs> you d maybe your argument should just be like, I don't think my beer will win. That's a better argument. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So we were at the, the World Beer Cup Awards because that's held in conjunction with CBC. And it's like the ceremony is it's a lot of fun to be in because like there's so much like energy in the room because obviously they like you if you're a judge you get a ticket if you're a brewery who enters you get a certain number of tickets and that's really pretty much like i think yeah. there's usually like some allied trade maybe yeah i think it's possible for other people to get tickets but for the most part everybody who's in that room is there because they have a beer entered yeah and so it's like it's always really collegial you know we sat where we were setting um there were some guys sitting next to me and I was like, hey, where are you all from? So we know like if we hear, you know, like your name or something, we can cheer for you and yeah. you know, just stuff like that. And I was like, OK, they're from Washington. And like and I always sit with the North Carolina with the Charlotte people. And, you know, so it's like, here's where we all are. And it's just a really like collegial. It is atmosphere fun. and yeah. everybody. You know, when somebody wins around you, like everybody around is like, oh, my God, like, yeah, five. it and doesn't matter if you didn't. This is still exciting for your other people. I mean, it does right. matter if you didn't, but <laughs> right. But yeah, and it's, it's yeah, it's, it's just such a good energy and seeing people like like Rachel said, like if you win, this is a world class beer that you've made. And that's winning any kind of recognition is great. But that is a very meaningful thing to. You yeah. Know, 
to to have and i was i don't know why i thought this would be a good idea like i was going to be able to do this all smooth and have like this beautiful memory for you all but for every category that they that pilot was entered in i like i got my phone out yeah on the video got like, you. i'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> record um so then it's like now i have like these recordings where it's just like why why did why am i recording cream ale like if i look back at it i'll be like why do i have this uh, and then the video I have of them winning pub ale is like, I'm, I'm holding my camera very steady. It's on there. <laughs> and then it's like silver pub ale pilot brewing. And my phone is just like, because like we all jump up, we all start screaming. <laughs> and then I'm like, bah, 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 and finally I remember to like turn it off. Uh, so it's, I captured a very realistic. <laughs> <laughs> I have a funny story about um us winning pub ale. Like so one of the guys from Noda, like when we came back, was in the tap room and we were talking to him. And they were watching the live stream in the tap room at Noda and they had an ESB entered. Um they were like, I guess maybe distracted or talking or something. And they sit they say the award, like pub ale pilot brewing, like Charlotte, North Carolina. But the story goes like only everybody heard Charlotte, North Carolina, and they knew <laughs> it was their category. But the screen had cut away from the, you know, the awards, like where they're telling you who it is, and went to like the, you know, like they, they go back and forth between the people collecting the awards and like the screen, and they were like, then they they cut to someone else like accepting an award. We had no idea for like a minute. They were just like, was it up? And then they saw that it wasn't and that it was us. And they were like, no, I mean, that's good for pilot, but no. <laughs> right. And I get that feeling. Like, I remember we a couple of times we've entered beers where we haven't really named them like anything creative. It's just been like Maybach, which people will do. So like sometimes pe the winning beer will be like Maybach. And you're just like, oh, Who's? my God. Oh, my my God. My Maybach? <laughs> One time they got me with that. They said the first name and I was like, yeah. No, oh, yeah. No, no, that wasn't that last year at World Beer Cup with your hazy skies. I, I don't remember. I think so. I remember at one point, like it might have been Jeff my being actually. like halfway up because it. Yeah, it was the yeah. same name and then being like, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst. So I've definitely learned to check myself. I'm like, no, see it. See the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes and when we got to the award ceremony they'll usually have like you can go out and get pours of beer uh, which apparently we discovered that we weren't supposed to be bringing in our own beer but yeah I, you know, whatever yeah. I, like, I, I, mean, I didn't really and, know but it makes sense when they tell right. me <laughs> and Rachel gives me she's like what do you want I was like you know I'm gonna have a puppy also I crack it open and I take a drink and I was like man I really hope you win an award because this is such a good beer so good. and so you did and that was because of me saying that yeah yeah. And also judging your category. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. There's the truth. But yeah, they all came back. And I'm like, you're welcome. <laughs> I said you should win and you did. <laughs> yeah. So then we get to go get in line to like collect our medal. And we're just like, you know, I don't know how to describe this feeling, but you just, you win something and it's amazing. And you're just coming down from the high and you're just like, thank God I can like go home happy. Right. You know, like we had one court category left left and we didn't even care. We're just like, whatever. I don't care what it is. And we get up there <laughs> to like, they give us our award because you get some pictures and stuff. And then like, we're coming off the stage. He's like, okay, I'll take that. And I was like, no, 
<laughs> I just got it. He's like, this is a fake one. They're going to give you the real one. And like, had to go into this other room. And I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Where's my award? But it was, it was so awesome. It was so awesome. Just, just the validation of knowing that we're doing a good job making beer. Yeah. Yeah. That is it's awesome. Part. I'm really proud of you all. And we took it to dinner with us. We took it to dinner with us. And displayed it on the table. Like, we our... went back to the hotel room. I could have <laughs> left it there. And I was like, no. Because this is the only time I get to, ha- like, carry it or something. Like, right. every other GABF, you wear it on your neck. Right, exactly. It's like a big plaque. You're not going to wear it on your neck. So I was like, I'll just, I'll just take it. Yeah. Our server <laughs> was like, um, so I saw an award propped up on the table. <laughs> You're like, oh, you saw that? Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh. This old thing. Yeah. We're a big deal. Just <laughs> yeah. carry it with us. It's like the Stanley Cup. Is that what it's called? Yeah, the Stanley Cup, right? You just carry it. It's get, we get like take a day each where it travels with us. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yes. Well, congratulations. That was a super exciting. Super exciting thing. It's exciting for everybody who wins, but like there's so many breweries now that most of it is anonymous to me. You know, I'm like, I'm unless you're so like 10 barrel who wins like. Yeah. Oh, I should so point out things. that you get like we got like seven entries. The brewery, like breweries that have multiple locations, they get mm-hmm. seven entries per, per location. Right. So a lot of those breweries, not a lot, but I don't know, a handful of them have like 10 barrel has like 10 locations or something. Mm-hmm. And we only have one motherfucking location. <laughs> and one. Yeah, so. that's an excellent point. That's right. Yeah. And that is another uh, kind of like a... Um, it's gamesmanship and I'm not saying that in a negative way, but yes, if you have three locations, you have 21 entries. Yeah. It's a lot of entries and the higher is your chance. Of course it does. Right. Right. And I'm not sure. I don't think though that your different locations can enter the same category. Correct. Like you couldn't, each location can't enter a different IPA. I don't think that's, I don't know. I have to double check, but I feel like we could have entered like two IPAs. Oh, okay. Okay. But, so like each location is kind of considered like a standalone. Like you can enter in the same category, but you can't enter the same beer into multiple categories. Okay. Got it. But you can do two different beers into the same category. Okay. If you're trying to like win two medals, like that'd be cool. You might dilute yourself. You might help yourself. I don't know. Right. Kind of a. Yeah. I do remember there was one brewery that I think won like bronze and silver. Wow. Or something. Yeah. That, see, that's. For that's two different beers. Baller. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's like if it, when it works, like it really works. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so let's talk a little bit um, before we wrap up just about how you decide which beers to enter. I know you've already touched on it a little bit. And yeah. I will also say like one of the things during judging, especially when you get like an experimental category or, you know, like an other category, like other strong beer uh, which was a category I had, you get a lot of stupid shit. Like somebody, like you'll get a Doppelbach in other strong beer. And it's like, no, this is a Doppelbach. Yeah. That like it's within the ABV range yeah. of Doppelbach. This is a Doppelbach. This, Let's this not is think a too hard. Category. About- <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and that's kind of where the gamesmanship goes awry because it's like, okay, well, we can just, if we've got 10 beers on the table and you say that this is a Doppelbach, we can just kick it out. Like it doesn't matter if it's good or not. Good or it's not, not in yeah. the correct category. So it's easy to just be like, okay, well, like that's a good beer, but this isn't the right category for it. 
Uh, so especially when you get to like those kinds of like odds and ends categories, there yeah. can be, you have to like really get into what the guidelines say and, you know, like, oh, well, this says this has coffee in it. Should this be in the coffee beer category? And it's like, well, it's not like, is this the main flavor of the beer or is it, you know, is it part of the flavor? And so you get into really like the nitty gritty. And I had mentioned at the table at one of my tables, like one of the um, other, the other strong beer table that I have jokingly said, I'm going to start a consulting company to help people get their beers in the right categories. And the guys at, at the table was just like, that is a brilliant idea. I was like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was like, no, I do. Is. Like, I, I, like, I'm happy to help people. And I've had people reach out like beyond Rachel um, to say like, Hey, this is my beer. Like what category would it best fit in? But yeah, somebody was just like, that's brilliant. I'm like, I know. No, yeah. <laughs> Let the me great... read the guidelines for you and interpret <laughs> it for you and tell you. No, there's a real thing to that. Like for one of the beers that we entered was a spice porter. Um, and it was spiced with like molasses and vanilla and cinnamon. It was kind of our horchata porter. And we looked really closely at experimental versus specialty. And I can't remember like exactly what things say word for word, but the gist is like experimental. Literally, you're using a process that is experimental or an ingredient that is experimental. So we had to think, well, like, no, our process is very straightforward. Single mm -hmm. infusion mash, add some spices, blah, blah, blah. But our and our ingredients are not experimental. They're molasses, it's vanilla, it's cinnamon. This is not new to people. Right. This isn't like foot sweat. That would be new to people. <laughs> <laughs> you see the right. difference? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you for that disgusting difference. But that, uh, that like deductive process is exactly what people should do. Yeah. And yeah. So. And I think I've even seen people have a cream ale that they entered under Kolsch category because they used a Kolsch yeast. I'm not saying that was the best decision. Um, if your cream ale is going to taste, you know, have a hint of corn or, you know, from the corn, that's not the best decision. But if they felt like their cream ale tasted more like a Kolsch, that's a great decision. I mean, I have uh, Santa Stout, for an example. We kind of call it our Imperial Stout here at the brewery, but I enter it in under American Stout category. I just know it's going to do better in that category. Mm -hmm. It's not super high ABV. Right. It's within Imperial Stout ABV, but it's not representative of a true imperial stout in my right. opinion and usually in categories the beers with the, and this is this is not like empirical data this is just anecdotal but if you have let's say you've got a beer in the american stout category and so do i and my beer is 5.5 percent it's on the low end of an american stout and yours is 7.6 it's on the high end it's more likely that yours is going to be the one that wins usually the higher abv in the category is what wins and so there, like there are categories where there's a little bit of overlap in like this you know it could be on the low end of this style or the high end of this style it's usually a good idea to enter where you're the high end of the style yeah exactly um i would also note that judges do not know that they're not given the abv of the beer unless it's like a barrel aged beer right or like the other the other strong beers or the other strong judge. unless it's yeah. basically really really strong Right. But like so, yeah. if it's and an American it say, style yeah. category, they won't know right. the ABV just you know right. for information. But yeah. but yeah, if it's a qualifier to be in the category, then you get yeah. it. 
Exactly. Yeah. Which is kind of weird when we judged uh, Fobab and I think even JBF, I had some barrel aged beers. I kept going back and forth if I wanted to know the ABV or not. Like if, like really, if it was like hindering my my perception of what I was tasting and stuff. Right. There was there was one point where this is probably a good case that I knew the ABV, but there was one point where I tried a beer and I was like, it's not bad, but it does finish a little strong, a little hot, a little heat, mm-hmm. a little fusel. And then the ABV was like 17%. And I was like, well, shit, for 17%, this is actually really, really good. You know, if it was like 9%, it would have been off. Right, right. So, and that point, I, that did help. But there are other points where you're just like, this isn't helpful information. And I feel like it's skewing my decision in a subconscious way. So I don't know. I go back and forth on that one. <laughs> yeah. So I think we've talked about this before, but like here in Georgia, the highest ABV you can have is 14%. And it is amazing how many brewers manage to make beers that are (laughs) 13.99%. At least that's what it says on the label. And I'm like, wow, you've got that dialed in so well. Meanwhile, they get sent off and someone's like, actually, it's 16%, but you know, whatever. (laughs) Right. So that's why like, if you're in Georgia, you'll see a lot of 13.9% beers because... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's under the limit what you what are you really getting we don't know right i don't think they know but. right <laughs> so yeah i think this i don't know if you know this or not rachel you do know of dr phil yeah correct okay so dr phil got his start in actually in the town i used to live in in texas in wichita falls and he helped he was a consultant who helped attorneys select juries he was like a jury specialist, so he you would hire him, and he would come and sit when you did voir dire when you were selecting your jury, and he would like help the attorneys like like yeah pick this person no don't pick this person. So I'm going to basically be like the Dr. Phil yeah of beer style guidelines. You should, and you can hire me, and I will come to your brewery, and I will taste your beers, and be like I think maybe you should enter this one, don't enter this one. Yeah, here's the category I think you should put it in, and eventually I'll end up on Oprah, and. <laughs> She doesn't have a show anymore, does she? Who does have a show? I don't know. I don't, I don't know who has shows. I'll end up on like Jimmy Fallon or something. That's way better. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll end up on the Daily Show yeah. and um, yeah, and just be, you can say you knew me when and all of you listening, TM, 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 this is me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great idea. I think especially if a brewery is to hire someone like that and they're like, don't enter this, you shouldn't enter it. Because right. you're going to just waste your time and your money. Enter things yes. that you think have a real chance. Like if you want some feedback, ask somebody else. Or spend your money and enter it and get some feedback. You know, whatever. Whatever makes right. you happy. But Right. But yeah, like Rachel said too, like with the IPA category. It's such a waste of time in my opinion. But yes. Someone wins though. Someone wins. Right. Somebody wins. But at this point and for the past several years, it's a lottery. Yeah. Like if you could win, but you're not going to win again next year. It's like, it's not the same as it was like 15 years ago when it's like, okay, there's Pliny the Elder, uh, Stone Double IPA and, you know, like Maharaja. And they're, they're just like a smaller number mm-hmm. of people out there. And now it's just like with those big categories, I mean, I. I and those breweries do not win all the time anymore. Right. Every, every once in a while they do, which is great. Like, but um. You know, the more small breweries that open up and, and enter, the more competition it is. And 
just because they were the brewery 10, 15 years ago doesn't mean they are now. And um, it's kind of, it's kind of mean to say, but it is kind of satisfying to see them not winning all the time. Like, you know, you guys can't just win because you're big. You still have to make quality beer. And the harder, the bigger you get, the harder it is for quality control. Right. I get that. that. Right. And, you know, tastes shift over time. And we had a style this year. I forget which one it was, but at the table we were discussing it. We were like, we need to leave feedback for this. So like this language needs to be updated because we're seeing like this characteristic in all of these beers. Yeah. It's not a fault as part of what we think should be included as the description. And, that and so that, that changes over time. Yeah. And I think I've told the story on here before of doing a New England IPA blind tasting. And we had Hetty Topper on the table. And I think we gave it like an honorable mention because uh-huh. we tasted through everything. And we were like, this beer is really good. It's different it's not- from the others. And like, it's, it, it's an interesting beer. And, you know, obviously this is blind. And it was like, this is an interesting beer but I think these others are to style. And then like we were going through it and they're like, oh yeah, that one, like you idiots as Hetty Topper. And it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, well that explains why it tastes completely different than- It's the OG, yeah. Right, but, and then, yeah, it's like already the tastes have evolved away from what, mm-hmm. and this was a table of four beer judges on, like on a Saturday night. It wasn't anything official, but yeah, like it's, you know, it had evolved away from what you think it should taste like. So that's- like you could still be entering like, you know, Pliny could, they could, maybe they are still entering it and it's just not winning anymore because that's not what we consider to be a double IPA. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. And there's also like, also I should say that when we do judge world beer cup or GABF, they ask feedback from the judges, just like Jen was saying, like we said that this should be included in the language and these style guidelines are updated every year. Um, it's a big difference of why, um, you know, I would say Cicerone has you study BJCP styles instead of BA styles because it would be horrible to have to like reevaluate styles every single year and learn. Right. But BA is very much for market trends. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do adjust every year because it's like, okay, well, everyone is starting to make this beer right. again. Or everyone's making black IPAs again. So now we need to make black IPA its own separate category. Right. Yeah. I had Australian pale ale and I think I did um, like contemporary American Pilsner and that was new. That's been new in like the past couple of years. Yeah. I did like an Australian pale ale during GABF and and there weren't many entries and it was definitely a new one. Um, Someone told me this year they judged at World Beer Cup. I guess it was gluten-free. It was a Mm -hmm. gluten-free category. And she said it was not, did not go well because I for I don't know how when you enter the style into the website they like prompt you like with extra information they might need to know for this style. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what they asked for, but she said they would get a lot of beers, but they the base style was not clarified on the beer. So she's like, I'm trying to judge this gluten free beer. I have no idea what they're trying to make. Right. And she's like, a lot of people did that and did not go well. Right. And I was like, that lesson learned, guys, you got to tell people like this is supposed to be an IPA or a lager. And you think something like that would be obvious. So it makes me wonder the uh, how they asked for the entry online. Yeah. Yeah. And there were some categories. I think I want to say it was like the other strong beer where it would say like ingredients and it would say like 
uh, malt, hops, yeast, and water. And we were just like, well, no shit. And then one of the, <laughs> one of the guys at the table also entered and he was like, okay, I have to defend these entries because the website requires you to put like this, oh. what these ingredients are. And he was like, and if you don't have ingredients, you still have to put something there. And so there was like, okay, that, then that makes, makes sense. sense. And we can, yeah, we can just kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, so it's like, well, no doy. What's in your soup? Oh, food, food. Yeah. There's food in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. That's good. That's a good start. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's World Beer Cup. And Rachel, congratulations again. It's super cool. Uh, my half sir has a World Beer Cup award. I have it. It's on my metal wall. So day we got back, that sucker went up. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it was not very long. Like it was like the same day, wasn't Literally it? Literally the day I, we I, got I, back. Yeah, I got a picture from Rachel <laughs> with the World Beer Cup award on the awards wall. I don't, I'm not gonna wait. Yeah, it was, no, it was on I, my website. It was on the menu. It was on the wall that day. <laughs> yeah, as it should be. That is, it mm. is a it is a world class beer. Yeah, I should say like. We don't enter every single beer comp competition available out there to us, but the three biggest ones are World Beer Cup, GABF, and the U.S. Open. And those are the ones we enter every single year with the North Carolina Brewers Cup. Mm -hmm. So those are the only four competitions we enter, um, as of right now, at least. And um, as I like to say, it's award season. It's true. <laughs> yes. All we just had World Beer Cup. We're about to send U.S. Beer Open entries, and then GABF and NC Brewers Cup happens at the same time too. So, it's award season, baby. <laughs> My favorite. Yes. Well, it's, it's brewing for award season. Yeah. Right. Same, same thing. Yeah. Okay. Award season. Because I win the awards. Right. If I didn't win, it'd just be competition season. <laughs> 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 this is gonna bite me in the butt one day. This is gonna be like the last award I ever win because. I don't know, karma. Yeah. <laughs> and like, we just had, this is how much I love myself, guys. I have this mural outside of our building that we did like a year ago. And there's supposed to be some quote that would come with it. And I, I, for a whole year, I've thought about this quote and I cannot decide. And I was finally like, you know what? It's going to say Charlotte's number one award-winning brewery. <laughs> <laughs> I called up the artist and I was like, I figured it out. I was like, she's like, I love it. I was like, I hope I get flack for it. It's, it's probably true though. I, there's a couple of breweries I should go do like an actual count. But with how many years we've been open, how many competitions we enter, and the ratio and the percentage and the proportion, it's it's yeah. That's really that's kind of where I land too. And I like if you win an award any time in any of these competitions, it's amazing. But yeah, when I like when I go into places and they're like, we won best brown ale in 2009. I'm like. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. That's, <laughs> like good for you, but yeah, that tells me that you made good beer once. Yeah. Like, or like a while ago. But like, just let's, let's enter it again. Right. You know. <laughs> Maybe let's try again. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I always think like if you've got like, you know, you're like the eleventh top brewery of 2018 according to Rate Beer. Like, maybe take that off your marketing at this point. Like, it's not really. No one gives a fuck, especially. And I say that beer. as a specific um, example of a brewery <laughs> I used to work do. for, I where I had to tell them to please stop putting that. On hey, man, you got to reach for what you got sometimes. <laughs> you really do. So that was World Beer Cup. You are yeah. all now listening to 
a World Beer Cup winner, the dulcet class brewer of a world class brewer. brewer. <laughs> I will give a shout out to our brewer Rachel, who is confusing. There's two of us. I'm the head brewer. She yeah. is my protege. Right. This Rachel doesn't refer to her brewer persona as a separate person. <laughs> yeah. She, we were out of town, my, we, as my husband and I, while the word winning batch of pub ale was being brewed and she brewed it by herself. She didn't fuck anything up. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I that mean, was, that was very exciting for, it, for her also. Yeah. It is. It's super exciting. It was her first, her second beer competition, probably the first one where she like, Oh, I did this like one. Like had a hand in yeah, it. Yeah, like not an actual hand, everybody. Like the it's very hand. sanitary. The hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, shout out to her. She did a great job and it's very rewarding. You know, we're all a team and everyone has their quote unquote hands in it. Cause from the packaging to the keg cleaning, there's so much that goes in into making a good product because you're right. It's a little bit of a packaging competition. It's a tank cleaning competition. It's a hygiene competition. Mm -hmm. It's all part of it, dude. Right. So. Yeah, dude. If I meet someone when it says that to me, <laughs> I'll be like, oh, it's okay. Give him a hug. <laughs> Sorry, you're bad at packaging. Sorry, you're bad at packaging. <laughs> More medals for me. It's <laughs> making a mess. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, this podcast has not won any awards yet, but it is award season. We also uh, have not entered in, so it's kind of like winning the lottery. Like you got to yeah, play, got to play. That's true. That's true. Um, the the World Podcast Awards. We'll <laughs> we'll get in there with like Ira Glass and like my favorite murder. So thank you everyone for listening, and you can find us at False Bottom Girls on Instagram and Facebook. You can visit our website falsebottomgirls.com, or you can email us falsebottomgirls at gmail.com. And I will wrap up by saying, I know we've talked about this before. If you're listening to this and you think, gee, I would really like to be a World Beer Cup judge or a GABF judge, apply. Just do it. Don't Please think apply. about it. If Please apply. Can, I, if you need the link, let me know. Yeah. I will send you the link so you can apply directly. Don't wait till you pass the Cicerone test. Don't wait until you pass this BJC, whatever. Don't wait. It doesn't matter. The more you do it, the better you're going to get they're going to, they, they have a good process of picking judges. You mm -hmm. should apply. If you feel like 5% of you can do it of yourself. I mean, not like of the total population, but if you feel like you can do it just <laughs> a little bit, you should apply. We, you know, if Jen and I know you personally, we will give you reference. You know, I, I don't want to say that to anyone. We just don't know. Cause that's not cool. But, uh, we, we, cause you have to have three references, right? It's not like just, a. Oh, we're here, but right. I wrote apply. a reference for us, someone this week. Great. Just apply. And ask us if you have any questions. You can send us messages, whatever, emails. We are happy to um, promote people. Like they take 10% new judges every year. There's mm -hmm. room for new judges. So do it, do it, yeah, do it. Definitely so. And if you are listening to our podcast, the judging world needs you. Yes, you're right. Because the people that need to be listening to our podcast probably are. Yeah. <laughs> It's like every do right <laughs> seminar out there. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone. And that's it. Boom. <laughs> Just cut it off. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> cut it off. This has been False Bottom Girls. And we make the Bruin world go round. <laughs>